Just another day. Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. Audi flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions, and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck. Hello, and welcome to Movie Tuesday, the podcast on the internet that starts with the news, bridges to the trailers, and climaxes with a spoiler-free movie discussion. Now, although I am very confident in my audio editing skills, just in case I can't pull this miracle off, let me just go ahead and address the sound issue right now. I am recording in my car. Do not worry. I have earbuds on, so everything is cool. I'm not distracted. I'm not like juggling a phone around or anything like that or getting tangled up in, in cords. But um, I'm recording in my car because shit's popping off right now in the house, okay? Um, been going to some doctor's meetings, and I mean... Going off of what they're saying and going off of the test that they're running, the baby is doing fine, but there are some flags that are kind of sort of being raised that is making them watch us a little more carefully. And those little flags that are like may or may not be raised are getting, uh, it's starting to maybe lead towards the baby coming earlier than expected. So. The original due date was sometime early July, but just given with everything that's going on right now, it may, she may end up coming like mid-June. And I have a feeling like deep down in my bone marrow that she's probably gonna come like mid-June as well. So naturally, the wife has gone from 100 to like 3,000 to where she's literally just running around even more now with her head chopped off, just like, we gotta do this, and we gotta do that, we gotta fucking stretch the carpets, we gotta move furniture, we gotta bleach the walls, and bleach the holes, and we gotta bleach everything, fucking everything must be bleached, and dogs gotta be shaved, bald, like, just random ass shit, like, it's, it's like, I finished one thing, and she jumps to the next one, and it's just non-stop, and, um, and I'm just at a point now where, if she catches me sitting down, recording the podcast, I'm pretty sure she'll shoot the baby out, okay? And I, I, don't, I can't have that right now. I need a little bit more time before she's welcomed into this world. So I figure, you know, there's not really a whole lot of spots <laughs> where I get some time to myself uninterrupted. So I figure, uh, you know, we can. there's some places that we can record in. We can record in the bathroom. We can record in the car. We can record in the garage and shit like that. So we're going to go on a bit of an adventure with this episode. So um, I'm sorry about that. But it had to be done because everything I wanted to do as well was I wanted to get another podcast out to officially say that from here on out, the consent, if, don't be surprised if this is like the last movie Tuesday that you hear for like the next month or two okay because like i said we're we're in code we're in defcon 5 or whatever the fuck level defcon is like the real dangerous one that's how it is in the house and uh as much as i would like to decompress and record an episode of movie tuesday i don't know if it's gonna be 
that easy to do, especially when I have to move all my equipment out of my room so some dumbass carpets can get stretched. So uh, I just wanted to go ahead and give a, a formal warning that, you know, cherish this while you can. But on the plus side of all this fiasco, uh, by the time I do come back, I should have Movie Tuesday updated over on SoundCloud and, and be back to business as usual, okay? But, you know, that way, like, you can go back and listen to some old episodes and we can all reminisce and shit like that and everything. So, yeah. So, there's that. So, hopefully you're all doing great out there. Hopefully you're in good health, you and your loved ones. And if you're not, I hope you're able to make a speedy recovery. Speaking of SoundCloud and other podcast networks, Movie Tuesday can also be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And before we get into the show, as usual, I would like to apologize for any names that I forget or mispronounce throughout the course of this episode. And I definitely, definitely want to apologize for the background noise because there will be a lot. There's going to be keys jangling. There's going to be fucking AC blowing. Uh, There's going to be some sirens and shit because I don't have one of those fancy ass cars where the outside world is just non-existent inside the car. And I also want to apologize too because since I am driving, I don't have like access to my notes like I normally do where I have them in front of me so I can make references to things. So that's going to be a little tricky as well. But on the plus side... I probably won't be able to uh, uh, derail or, or go on as, as many tangents and, and digress as much as I usually do. But any hooter, enough dilly-dallying and shilly-shallying. Let's go ahead and get into the show. News. R.I.P. to Fred Willard. I saw on Twitter that he had passed away recently at the age of 86, I believe, and his daughter was the one to relay the news, and she had said that he just, he passed away from from natural causes, so, you know, just old age, and it was just time to go, so sad to hear, man, the the old guard continues to, to leave this space, you know, I mean, you hate to see it, but at the same time, it's like, when you look at the age, like, you know, with, uh, John Witherspoon and, uh, and and Jerry Stiller and everything, you know, they they were up there. So it's like at, at some point, man, it's like you gotta gotta punch the clock on out. You know, even my grandma was talking about that shit where she's like she's like eighty something and she's just like, dude, she's like, you you know, it can happen in any day. And I'm like, you know, you don't need to talk like that. And she's just like, no, dude, it's like I'm 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 being serious. And you know, at this point, it's like it'd be nice because it's, it's, she, and she keeps, she always tells me every time I talk to her, she's like, dude, you don't, you don't want to get as old as I am. It's, it's not fun, you know, having people take care of you and shit like this. It's, it's not a glamorous life. And I was like, all right, but you know, just, I need you to just hang in there just a little bit longer, you know? So like I, it's, it sucks. sucks to see him go, but at the same time, that's, that's life. Um, now here's the thing. This man has been in so many movies and TV shows that I can only pinpoint like two things that really stick out to me because I try and think of all the roles that he's done and that I've seen him in and they all kind of blend together because he usually plays like 
that uh, a father figure or some type of like authority figure, like somebody's boss or, or a teacher or something like that. And he always had, he's, he's always like that same role where he was just that very energetic elderly guy, you know, that was like trying to be hip and shit. And, um, and it worked. It was, it was funny. He was a funny guy. He, he made it work for him. It was, it was one of those things where he was pretty much a comedic actor from my perspective. And he like worked his charm in a lot of roles and everything, you know? So, uh, but yeah, the only two roles that like really stick out to me that I can like call out, call out in remembrance of him, uh, is, is the role in how high. And even then I'm just like, I can't remember if he was like the principal or if he was a teacher, you know, but I do remember him in how high. And I especially remember him in boondocks and, <laughs> and I can't think about his role in boondocks <laughs> without one particular scene. And I'm not going to play it right now. I'm going to wait till at the very end of the show and play it and give him a nice little send off. Um, you know, just because it's very, it's very inappropriate even for me, you know, like I've, I've pretty much prided myself on doing this show without ever having to drop a fucking M-bomb, which is very hard to do, you know, like I always say, you know, all these people, all these people that be dropping M-bombs and talking about, oh, it was an accident, like I, I never used that word before, I never talked like that, I'm just like, bullshit, okay, like you can't, you don't fucking accidentally have that word slip out unless it's in your vocabulary, so I want people to know that that word is in my vocabulary, I know it shouldn't be, but it is, okay, sorry, product of my environment, but I pride myself on not having to use that word on this show, but this is, and, and, I, and I'll still keep that tradition with this, because I'm just going to play a clip from the boondocks, but like I said, we'll, we'll wait till the end of the show, because I feel like it, it'll be a proper send-off for him, at least for me, you know, because I can't really, like, go into his history like I can with other people like, like John Witherspoon and, and Jerry Stiller and, and fucking, uh, Luke Perry and shit, you know what I mean? But, um, as usual, man, thoughts and condolences go out to the friends and family. Sorry for your loss for the rest of you out there. Make sure you pour one out and reel one up for your boy, Frank Willard. And like I said, hang in there until the very end of the show. Like after the music plays, like we'll, we'll go ahead and, and send them off in style. Moving over to Deadline for our next bit of news. Alamo Draft House in the state of Arizona has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now, I want to talk about this because here's the thing. First of all, this is just in the state of Arizona, as I said. This isn't like all Alamo Draft Houses. I don't know where else they're located. I know their headquarters is in Texas, and the owner of the of the theater chains in Arizona is working with headquarters in Texas to figure out what their next steps are going to be and how they can financially get reorganized. But this is what I was talking about in previous episodes when all the talk surrounding AMC and how, you know, AMC is is pretty much going to have to declare bankruptcy if these closures continue and stuff and analysts were saying that, you know, they don't even think that they will be able to, to last with the closures until June, you know, so they, their only hope is to just file for bankruptcy, right? Now, the media doing what it does best 
is always having me jump to like worst case scenario. So when I hear somebody's going bankrupt, I always assume that's just getting closed down. That shit is no more, right? So I figured when I first heard about uh, the the Arizona Alamos declaring bankruptcy, I was like, oh shit, they're gonna fucking close them down. But luckily, cooler heads prevailed. I did my research, and it's chapter eleven. And chapter eleven is that fucking bankruptcy that the the rich folk use. Like that's the little business tactic that they do to renegotiate their terms and their and their lease agreements with their landlords and shit. Like that's rich people shit. So I don't know necessarily how it works for businesses. I know how it works for people. Like for people I know that they just like fucking government or IRS or whatever takes the fucking debt that people got and they just start looking at all the assets that they have. They're just like, all right, we're going to take that, 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 and this is how much it's worth, and this is what's going to go towards your debt and shit like that, and they do all that shit until it just gets paid down. Now, that's, like I said, that's how it works for people. I don't know how it works for actual businesses. Like, I'll, I don't think anybody's going into Alamo Draft House and taking out fucking chairs and shit, be like, all right, this will this will work it down. Like, no, I, I would assume that there, there's just going to be larger percentages taken out of the revenue that they make. So like with ticket sales and, and, and food sales and concessions and all that shit. So they're not getting shut down, which is great. Um, at least not, not at the moment. And, um, I know that sounds weird coming from me because I'm, I'm known for giving Alamo a lot of shit for how they like run things there. As far as like the waiters and waitresses running and ducking all over the place and, coming out of the shadows like a fucking ninja asking if you want to refill on your drink and everything and the fucking ranch mildew type smell that they got in their in their establishments like i know i'll give them shit but at the same time i don't want to see them get closed down okay like there's a lot of people out there that aren't me that enjoy alamo and all their shenanigans and everything like that so um hopefully they're able to uh bounce back from this but it opened my eyes, man. It opened my eyes to all this shit because another thing that I was reading in the story is that, you know, because I've been saying there's lots of theater chains where even though there are states that are reopening, not all the theater chains are opening, you know, when they get the go ahead. A lot of them are still staying closed. Like I know in Arizona, the major chains like uh, Cinemark and, and, uh, Harkins and shit like that. Those are still closed. You know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the parking lots when I pass by them and those motherfuckers are still closed down. And I'm sitting here just thinking to myself, like, why wouldn't y'all open as soon as possible? You know, like if y'all, if y'all got all these articles with analysts and specialists talking about how y'all stand to lose billions and shit, from uh from being closed for so long like why wouldn't you open as soon as you get the go-ahead and i was reading more in the story and they were saying that a lot of theater chains like amc and harkins and marcus and everything like that one of the reasons why they're hesitating to open is not just that they're waiting for like new movie releases but they're they also may not have like the staff capacity to reopen you know because like since they've been closed for like the past two going on three months the you know they've had to like either fire employees or lay them off or or furlough them or whatever like that and maybe some came back and maybe others didn't there's also the other thing of uh a lot of these people that lost their jobs that are on unemployment i've been hearing that these motherfuckers that make more money than i do on unemployment so it's like even though that unemployment is limited, it's like, 
I wouldn't be in a rush to go back to work either if I was making more money than I was when I was actually working. You know what I'm saying? So I never thought of it in that perspective either, where it's like, maybe they can't reopen because they don't have enough manpower to reopen. But lots of, uh, lots of revelations going on, man. But hopefully things can get worked out for Alamo Draft House in Arizona and they don't have to close down. Staying on the subject of revelations, remember last week when I was talking about how Disney should stop fucking around and, and torturing new mutants and just put that shit out on, on a video on demand, whether it be Google Play or, or Disney Plus or Hulu or something like that, instead of like continuously trying to get it to come out in theaters. Well, IGN has opened my eyes because they recently came out with an article talking about why the new mutants can't be released on video on demand. And that reason is because of contractual obligations. So it turns out that 20th Century Fox has some cable rights in place with HBO. And when they got bought out by Disney, those rights stayed, like the, those contracts stayed in, in motion. Like they didn't, they didn't cancel, they didn't uh, disappear into thin air or anything like that. Like they, um, they, were, they were still in place. And basically what's happening is, is that Disney cannot put New Mutants on Hulu or Disney Plus or any other fucking streaming service for that matter. The only streaming service they can put it out on if they were to like bypass the theaters altogether would be on the HBO platform. So whether it be HBO, the the actual cable channel or or their streaming services hbo go and and now and max and all that other fucking channel streamings that they have that's where the movie would have to premiere so because for some reason in the deal for the next two years 20th century fox movies have to premiere on an hbo platform now i don't know if that includes video like because because i because the way i'm i'm reading it and the way i'm interpreting it i'm assuming that before New Mutants comes out on video, it's got to come out on HBO. But then again, they could also just be talking about streaming services where it's like, it has to come out on HBO streaming service first. And then like after a month or two or however long, then it can like come out on Netflix and, and Hulu and shit like that. So that's the reason why Disney has not put the New Mutants on a, a video on demand service. The other reason is that Disney and I'm and I'm assuming that this is the contract that was made when they uh, bought out 20th Century Fox. Disney is contractually obligated to have theatrical releases for Fox movies whether they were finished or in post production during the acquisition of the Fox brand. So that's another reason why they've been like pushing this movie left and right and still putting it out in theaters is all that. So um so that's interesting shit. And obviously, like most deals, this can be renegotiated, but it, it requires a really big ass headache because it requires Disney to renegotiate the contract that Fox made with HBO. And that also includes getting the cast and crew members attached to the new mutants to like cancel their fucking contracts that they have in place right now and come up with new contracts. So that just seems like a really big headache. So I think we're good for the August release date for new mutants going forward. Now, unless something drastic happens, like 
if there's a second or third or fourth wave of this goddamn virus that that forces things to to stay closed longer than expected then i think that's when disney's probably going to opt for the headache and be like you know what fuck it let's let's talk let's talk numbers here guys because we're sitting on this movie and we really like to just put it out you know what i mean like and i don't know if this is just because Disney wants to avoid a headache or if they really just truly believe in the product and they're like, no, like this is a movie that needs to be seen and enjoyed in theaters. Not sure, but you know, I just thought it was interesting to find that out because I was like literally just talking about that shit last week. I will say this. I still think, you know, from the outside looking in, still think you should just go ahead, cut some deal with HBO and put that shit on HBO. Cause you know, I would actually pay the 10 or $15, however the hell much it costs for HBO streaming service to check this movie out. That's how much I am interested in seeing this movie and seeing what it's about. And it's really starting to scare me now because this movie is starting to build up a lot of anticipation inside of me. And usually when that happens, I get disappointed. Or, or if I'm not disappointed, I usually get like brought back down to where I'm just like, oh, you know, it's all right. Wasn't what I expected, but it was still good. And I don't want to feel that way. I just want to, I want to be able to enjoy this goddamn movie, okay? And right now, my, my curiosity is at its peak with, like, what this movie's going to be about, how it's going to run, and how it's going to do. Because I'm, I'm interested in the whole, like, horror aspect that they're going to try and capture in this movie. And I want to see if they can uh, cash in on that or, or fulfill that promise. Speaking of fulfilling promises, I read on The Hollywood Reporter today that Pound Sign released the Snyder Cut is actually happening and it will release next year on hbo max the snyders are back and they're bringing the crew back as well the production crew that is they're gonna bring some people in to do the musical score they're gonna add new and old visual effects and then Zack snyder is also on the phone with cast members from justice league to i guess get their their uh, go-ahead or their permission to uh, add some additional dialogue if need be. Um, the only other thing that they're trying to figure out as well with this whole situation is Snyder and WB are trying to figure out if this is going to be a four-hour movie or if they're going to break it up into, like, episodes. God, I hope they just release a four-hour movie. But, um... Yeah, so since it's appearing on HBO Max, which is another fucking streaming service for HBO, which at this point, I don't lost track of like what does what. Because like HBO Go, I think is the streaming service for when you actually have the channel and you have access to their streaming or to their shows and shit through streams. But then HBO Now is just HBO without having to own the channel. So what the fuck is Max? Is Max just like mixing them both together? Like it's, it's starting to get a little confusing here, but I digress. So since it's gonna release on HBO Max on the streaming platform, that is one of the main reasons why they're, uh, they're uh, contemplating a four hour movie. Cause even Deborah Snyder was saying that putting it out on a streaming service opens up the possibilities of movies now where it's like, we don't have to really abide by the two and a half hour runtime. Like since it's on the streaming service and you can like watch it at your own, uh, uh, discretion or, or, or own time frame, 
you can put out like a four hour movie or even longer if you want to. There was also talk about, because I guess this was something that was happening behind the scenes before the virus had hit and before the shutdowns and everything happened. So they were also talking about how is this going to be like a hindrance to the movie with like the theaters being shut down. And obviously if it's coming out on streaming, that's not going to be a problem. But Deborah Snyder was also saying that it's going to, it's going to, this is like the perfect time to get the crew together to make all this shit happen because they're starting to run out of work to do while they're at home, like waiting for everything to open back up. So this is just another project for them to work on if things end up being closed down for even longer because we don't know when the movie theaters are opening. I mean, there's people that say June, there's others that are saying July, there's others that are saying that it could be as as late as August when movie theaters open. I don't think there's been any word on like, when movie productions are going to start up again, you know, but, um, look, man, I'm happy for Zack Snyder. I really am. I mean, you, you know, you know me, dude, I'm all about power to the creator. So I am happy that he's going to be able to finally tackle this movie and get it completed to his original vision or at least get close to it. So I'm happy for him in that aspect. As far as the fans, I'm not really happy for them. I'm, I'm I'm very indifferent, you know, because I just went through this shit with Sonic where it was like, that was justified, okay? Now, I didn't, I didn't sign any petition or anything like that. I just gave out a simple tweet, which was, they need to do fucking, uh, they need to redesign the character, you know, and I, and I even talked about it on the podcast and shit. But I didn't sign any petitions. I didn't threaten anybody's life. I didn't rent out billboards in Times Square. I didn't rent airplanes to write in the sky and shit like that at Comic-Con. I didn't do any of that shit. All right. I was very respectful with what, with, with my, uh, my outrage for the Sonic movie, you know, and I got what I wanted. You know, I, I got the, I got the redesign. I was happy, but at the same time, <clears throat> I mean, there is a part of me that is like, Huh, it's really bad that it's getting to a point where a bunch of fucking rowdy fans can like turn the tides for a big budget movie like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know? And now it's happening again with Justice League because here's the thing. <clears throat> I knew, I had a feeling that this would happen. I didn't know it would happen this soon. I thought this would have been some shit to go down like 10, maybe even 20 years from now where Zack Snyder is just retired from movies and this was just something that he was working on in the background or some shit. I didn't know this was something that that was going to be happening in like the next year or two, okay? Because I even said before, back when they first started talking about releasing the Snyder Cut and back when they were letting people know that it's not going to be as simple as releasing the Snyder cut, like it's just sitting on a bench somewhere completed. Like they actually, like the, the film that he was making was not complete. Like he was in post-production before he walked away from that. And all the things that they're saying where they're getting the crew back together to do post-production and finish all like the visual effects and everything, and maybe even add some new scenes in there and going back to that original four hour runtime, which I remember that being a thing as well. All that seems to line up with what people have been saying for years with this cut, where they're just like, it's not as complete as you think it is. Like there's actually a lot of work that has to be done. And you're talking about millions of dollars for a project to actually happen. Like it's not just going to be pulled out of thin air. And speaking of the millions of dollars, 
so far, it's being estimated that these additional, this additional footage and, and editing and, and shit like that is going to be upwards to like $20 million and maybe even more. Like that's, that's fucking insane, dude. Like I never thought in a million years that that would happen so soon. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence on like one, on one portion, I'm happy for the creator, for the cast and the crew to be able to revisit the project and get it done the way they wanted to. But on the other end, I'm just kind of like, yeah, like, you know, once again, fucking the fanboys winning another battle, like the war is slowly being won by the fanboys at this point, you know, like, I think, I mean, I'm not like super worried because I don't know, maybe, maybe if Disney comes out and says they're going to reshoot episode nine, or just like the whole sequel trilogy all together, then we'll probably be in trouble, which that definitely ain't going to happen. Okay. It's, it's, it's just not, it's not, but if it does, we're definitely in trouble, but we're still in good standings here. But I'm just saying, this is how this shit starts. It starts real small. You know, it starts, it starts with like redesigning a video game character for a movie. And then the next, it starts with pulling this fucking half finished movie or not even half. Cause, cause Zack Snyder said that like what we saw in theaters for uh that was a uh, release the the Joss Whedon cut he was saying that that was like one third of what he had done and by the way he still hasn't seen Justice League he like he refuses to watch it and I don't blame him you know I've I recently had to deal with something like that myself where I was working on a project and I wasn't able to finish it and someone else had to step in and do it and they were just like don't you want to see what I did and I'm like nope <laughs> it's like I do not so like it's it's crazy to like hear that he still hasn't watched that movie and he refuses to watch it, which I think is a good idea, especially since he's about to like re uh, revisit this whole project and make it the way that he wanted to. So that's um that's cool, man. I'm I'm overall I'm excited. Like I said, did not see this happening, but I am excited to see how this turns out. I am worried though. I'm very worried that this is going to be like a new mutant situation to where it's just going to keep getting pushed. <laughs> if the, Cause you, you don't understand how much work has to go into this shit, man. I mean, like he has a rough cut of the movie, but like you're talking about going in, you got to come up with a new score unless like they already had a score in place and it just got canned or something like, I don't know, but you got to come in, you got to change up the score. You got to add new scenes. It's a lot that's a lot of fucking work and it might be even more than a whole year uh from what they're talking you know but um we'll wait and see man but i you know it's it's happening it's happening i don't know when they say 2021 but like i said this could be a new mutant situation where it just keeps getting pushed back you know this could be like Final Fantasy 7 remake where like five years from now the movie will finally come out and at that point you just hope that it can live up to all the hype that's been generated for it because you gotta you gotta think like the hype doesn't just start now the hype started like back when justice league had originally came out and you had people saying oh release the snyder cut you know probably the same people that was talking about oh fucking snyder is a whore he's a hack they need to fucking do what marvel does with their movies why don't they just do that and then they do that with justice league and then oh this is terrible they just can't be pleased I hope that they go with the option of the four-hour movie over the movie broken up into like four or six parts. I, I really, I really don't feel like dealing with an episodic movie, man. I still haven't even watched that uh, that version of Hateful Eight on Netflix where that's broken up into like 
where that's cut up into like four different parts or some shit like that. I still haven't even watched that, but I really just want to sit down and watch a four hour movie straight through with the option to like pause and be like, all right, we'll pick this up tomorrow or some shit like that. Like, I don't want to watch the first part and then wait a whole week looking at all these teasers and everything and all these ads popping up on my phone. Like, get ready for part two of this Snyder Cut. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that. I just, I just want to deal with the ads popping up on my phone of this is the day when the fucking Snyder Cut finally sees the light of day and takes us all into the night. So, you know, just, just rip the bandaid off, man. Let's, it's been dragged out long enough. Let's just put the movie out four hours straight through bing bang boom trailers this week's trailer is capone starring tom hardy after so many articles after hearing so many people talk about this fucking movie and seeing so many pictures on the internet about it i finally cracked and i decided to check the trailer out okay just to shut the whole internet up and i'm not gonna lie I'm now interested in seeing this movie. <laughs> I might even end up doing that this weekend. But um, yeah, there's, there's just something about like the plot of it where, you know, it does, there's some hidden money and everybody's looking for it and he knows where it is, but he may or may not remember, you know, and I, and I want to I want to see how that all turns out. Now, granted, I don't know shit about Al Capone. I've never like really been interested in learning about him. I just know the basics with him being like one of the biggest, baddest gangsters of all time or some shit, but that's about where it stops. I was like, I was kind of surprised when, when Hardy started talking because for the most of the trailer, it's just him kind of like sitting there looking mean with a big ass cigar in his mouth. But then like when he started talking, it surprised me because whenever I do think of Al Capone, I always think of like the stereotypical, like <laughs> the stereotypical gangster kind of thing where it's like, ah, see, I'm a, I'm a bootlegger. I make booze in my bathtub downstairs, see, got a whole operation over here and you can't catch me, coppers. Like I was expecting something like that. And, um, that's not what I got. And, and maybe it's for the best, but, uh, you know, but, um, I'm down, dude. I want to check it out. I was kind of, I wasn't interested at first just because, like I said, not that interested in, in Capone and his story. And the other thing is too, is the, the last gangster movie that I watched with Hardy, I was not all that impressed with. And that was the one, um, I think it's called legend. That was the one where he was, uh, he played the twins, the twin gangsters or whatever like that. And I mean, it was one of those things where his performance was good, but the movie could have been better. So when I heard about the whole Capone situation, it was like, oh, Tom Hardy is Al Capone. I was like, good for him. I, if there's if there's one thing I can be sure of with this movie, it's that he will do a bang out performance and that movie will probably be lackluster, you know. But like I said, after watching the trailer and seeing the plot and everything and what it what it could be about, I have now regained some interest to where I'll probably check it out probably this weekend, actually. It's not on VOD. It's only $10. And I can work with $10, okay? Like I said, $20, too much. $10 is just right. $10 is a, a nice little sweet spot for uh, for movies coming straight out to, to VOD that would have most likely came out in theaters. So I'll keep you posted on how that goes, say. Spoiler-free movie discussion. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I have finally made it into the comfort of my own home. It was a rough ride, but I made it. I could use my equipment on a computer like I normally do, but for continuity's sake, I'm just going to keep recording on the phone. And, uh, you know, honestly, this will hopefully help you understand the work that I put in to get this shit done. I know it seems like I phone it in, but I don't. Okay. And I may not be using like the big dick professional equipment like everybody else uses, but for the most part, a lot of work goes into this stuff. So hopefully this helps you appreciate the work that I put in. And um, I mean, still going to be some background noise. I've simply just substituted the uh, the car noises and everything with, you know, my janky ass mini fridge. Maybe the dogs will go crazy. Maybe you'll hear my nephew like scream out in pain as he's playing Call of Duty or whatever the hell he's playing down there. So anywho, uh, this week we're going to be talking about The Lodge. Starring Riley Keough and Jaden Martell. There's more people, but those are the people that I recognize in this movie. Um, Jaden Martell is, um, I'd say he's most well known for the for the new It movies. He's uh, he's Georgie's brother. Georgie was the one that got snatched in the sewer in the first It. Got his arm ripped off and everything. Yo, float too. You know, the little kid in the raincoat. Um, Jaden Mar- Martell is the guy in the raincoat, but he's Georgie's brother. He was the one with the stuttering problem. Actually, that's I think that's a better a better description of his character in those movies. But he's in this movie. The Lodge is about a widower who takes his kids and his new wife-to-be to the family lodge up in the middle of nowhere of the snowy mountains to... Get a bond with each other for the holidays. But shit starts to hit the space heater when he's called away on business and the kids are stuck at the lodge with their new mom to be. You know, there's a there's a snowstorm. There's no power. Shit's like going missing and everything. And on top of that, their new mom to be has a history of mental instability because back in the day, back in her younger days, she was uh she was part of this religious cult and they had a suicide pact and she ended up surviving all that, you know. So imagine being stuck with that at the lodge. That's what the movie's about. Um I had a really, really bad feeling, like deep down in the bone marrow, once again, that this movie would disappoint me. Why? First of all, the trailer just overhyped it, you know, and I remember talking about it in a in a way far back episode of Movie Tuesday when they first showed the trailer. And I remember they were saying, like, this is like the new scary movie of the year. You know, this redefines horror and stuff like that. You know, it's just all these little things that they were shooting out. And I've been in this game long enough to know that when you do all that, there's definitely something up with the movie. You're we're, we're probably going to encounter something along the lines of like it comes at night where it's just like it has this really good setup has this really good trailer but then when you watch the movie it's just this boring piece of drivel that you watch for like the next hour and a half to two hours right um there was also the fact that i don't even remember i barely remember this movie coming out 
in theaters. Um, I uh, I think it came out this year actually, and this was like this was like in the very early stages of the pandemic. This is when um, we knew of the pandemic, but it wasn't as big as it was today. I think this was at the time when it was still in China. But um, I remember it briefly coming out in theaters. You know, it's one of those things where, like, when I was looking at when I was looking to see what was out in theaters, this had popped up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, The Lodge." Yeah, I was I was mildly interested in seeing that movie. You know, so that was like another flag that uh, jumped up for me. And then the final flag that jumped up for me that kind of solidified my whole like entertainment level or, or excitement level for this movie was the fact that. I was just like rolling around on Hulu, just seeing what movies were added to it and Lodge popped up and I was like, oh shit, like the Lodge, this is, this is my time. The gods have smiled down upon me to reward my curiosity, you know? And like, the thing is a lot of movies that have been coming out in theaters this year, you know, like Invisible Man, The Hunt, Trolls World Tour, uh, Gretel and Hansel and shit. A lot of those movies have come out on VOD first to where you can rent them and watch them, whether it be $20, $10, or $5. Like, they came out in some form or fashion on a streaming service where you had to pay for the rental. Whereas, like, this movie was just sitting on Hulu. And I mean, yes, it costs money to have Hulu, but... Last time I checked, a lot of people got duped into getting that whole package for Disney Plus. Where it's like, get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus all in one fell swoop, and you can have it for the next three years. You know, like I've I've heard about so many people falling for that. You know, because like me personally, I just pay for Disney Plus, and uh, when I dropped it. When, when shit started to hit the fan with the pandemic, you know, I was asking other people who had it, and I was like, you know, how's it going, man? You still got the Disney Plus? I had to get rid of it. And they were like, nah, man, I'm in for the long run, dude. I, I got, like, the fucking year plan with Hulu and all this other shit, right? So, anyway, even though Hulu costs money, it's still just the fact that it just got thrown on there. So, all these things are, like, running through my head where I'm like, you know... Got a very bad feeling about this that this this movie's gonna disappoint me. But you know, I got Hulu. It's on Hulu. I got time. Might as well reward my curiosity and see what this movie is all about. And um, you know, I really like the plot. I really, really like the plot of the movie. It's just that the execution was just poorly done. Very poorly, you know, but I do like the plot. It's very similar to M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit, where it's it's mainly about who's watching your kids, you know, who are you who are you leaving your kids with? But whereas The Visit was more from the perspective of the kids, The Lodge is more in the perspective of the adult, which is Riley Keough's character. And um, yeah, and that was that was what it ended up being. But my main gripe with the movie, I think, like, the main thing that fueled my disappointment with it was the fact that it wasn't really scary, you know? Like, when you got this trailer talking about how scary the movie is and how it redefines horror and all this other shit, I mean, obviously, they're putting 100 on 10, but it's like, 
at this point, after watching the movie, I was just kind of like, calling this a horror movie is kind of a stretch. Just saying, you know, I mean, there's a few creepy moments in the movie, but it's ruined with time jumps. You know, like, for example, um, there's a scene where Riley Keough is like, you know, she's just she's fresh out the shower and she's in the mirror, like drying off her face and everything, just wiping it down and checking herself in the mirror. And if you look at the mirror closely, there's clearly someone like standing in the hallway, right? In the reflection, which is like, you know, it's it, they're they're in there. They show it just enough to where it's just like you kind of question, wait a minute, is there somebody in the hallway? You know, they show it just enough to do that. But clearly she sees it and then the person goes away and it's like okay like we're working with something here but then it's like the following scene is just literally her going to the kids and being like oh you know were you guys looking at me while i was taking a shower and it was like no you idiot like why why would we do that we didn't even know you were taking a shower you know and then it jumps to the next day where she wakes up and goes about her day and shit with, you know, the kids just like treating her like complete garbage and all kind of other weird shit happening, like the food disappearing, you know, there's there's a fucking snowstorm that just won't let up and there's voices in the house that are, you know, talking to her and pictures staring at her and shit like that, you know, but it's like, it's just boring. It's just a very, very slow and prodding progression throughout the whole movie and i mean it even got to the point where like i i fell asleep maybe like halfway through the movie you know and normally when that happens when i fall asleep and i wake up and i watch the movie again i usually want to start it from the beginning and watch the whole thing you know watch it pure but like in this case i was like nah you know what fuck it dude like i'm gonna go back to the part that i remember and i'm gonna finish this shit and get over with, you know what I mean? But yeah, that was like one of my biggest like gripes about it was just there were there were some creepy moments, but they weren't really capitalized on, you know. And like I said, uh, the thing that messes up that whole like momentum is just how they time jump everything, you know. It's kind of like with the with the horror movies nowadays where they have like this really cool setup. And then they jump to the next, they do like a little time jump to the next day where it's like, it's a new day, new time period. Let's all just fucking go about like nothing ever happened, you know, where it's like it's 10 times worse in this movie because there's like some there's like a bit of setup. They get a little creative with it, but then it's like it jumps to the next scene to where everything just kind of resets at that point. Um, So, yeah, I'd say like that'd be like my main gripe. Uh. Riley Keough did a really good performance. She's like one of the few enjoyable things about this movie that I have found. Um, you know, the whole thing with her character is that back in her younger days, uh, her family was like a religious cult, you know, and then, you know, like like most evil religious cults it always ends in a fucking suicide pack, you know, and the whole thing with her character is that Somehow, some way, she survived that pact. Now, honestly, maybe this is the part that I fell asleep on. Maybe this is the part where I kind of like just went off into La La Land with. But I don't think they ever really explained how she was able to survive that shit. I don't know if she just like came to her senses or what. But she ended up surviving the whole suicide pact. 
but you know just growing up in a fucking religious cult where they have their own like strict beliefs and shit and then kind of like reacclimating herself into what is considered the norm in society like obviously that had some some uh some trauma to her psyche you know what i mean so basically her whole character is set up as this ticking time bomb you know and like i said the movie is told from her perspective so it's like you're kind of seeing her in the thick of things as they're going down so like i said when 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 shit hits the fan you know once the dad leaves there's a snowstorm you know their their shit goes missing like the 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 uh, the refrigerator is cleaned out. There's no power, which means that no one's cell phone is working. Even if it was working, there's no cell reception. Her fucking dog is missing. Like there's all this shit just happening one after the other to these people to the point where it's like, obviously a person in, in her sensitive state, um, you're going to slowly like see her psyche just kind of disintegrate and how she in like, in or uh, not involves, but um, how she experiences a lot of the things that is happening to her with her psyche, and it's to the point where even though she's like kind of breaking down and like she's maybe like snapping at the kids and shit when she shouldn't, like even though she is a ticking time bomb, her performance is good enough to where you do sympathize with her, like you still have empathy for her character, and I think that just really goes in part with you actually experiencing what she's going through, you know, like if, if you're sitting down at one moment watching TV and the next moment you wake up in the middle of the fucking snow outside the goddamn lodge, I mean, how, how would you not just kind of question your own sanity and be like, what the fuck? Like, how the hell did I get out here? You know what I mean? Um, so I thought that was really cool with her performance. Whereas like, even though you're seeing, the the psychological breakdown of her character you're still able to sympathize with her as you go on that journey all in all there's things i liked about the movie but overall it was just too dry for me you know like i i like riley kill's performance i think like she continues to impress me at at every role that she does that i see her in you know i've seen her do these like more dramatic roles like it comes at night and now the lodge and shit, but then I've, I've seen her kind of like spread her wings a little bit and show her versatility in uh, Logan Lucky. You know what I mean? So like she's definitely got a lot of range. So I like that. Another thing I liked about the movie, too, was the ending. Yeah, I think I think the ending does a very good job at rewarding your patience, I'll say. You know, I'm not going to say curiosity, but I will say it does a very good job of rewarding your patience. The only problem is that you have to sit through a lot to get to the ending. Because like I said, the movie, I'd say the movie probably clocks in anywhere from like an hour 40 to like two hours. You know what I'm saying? It's just a really, really dry and slow progression to get to that payoff in the end. And I'm sure like that was an artistic choice that was made to do that to where it's like, I'm sure the director wanted to make you kind of feel like you were part of that whole deterioration of her psyche where it's like you start to question yourself where it's like, okay, was was there some was there really someone in the hallway or was I just like imagining that? Like is is my dog really missing or did I just accidentally lock them in the bathroom or something? You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. I just 
it was just poor execution, dude. It's just one of those movies where it's highly artistic. And and for that matter, you know, honestly, it's like as much as I didn't enjoy the movie, the weird thing is, is I'd still recommend watching it, you know? And the reason why is because, for one, usually with movies like this, where it's like, I'm sitting here like, man, it was it was too fucking dry. It was too boring. You know, it wasn't it wasn't entertaining enough, man. Like they could have went harder with a lot of things. You know, usually when that happens for these types of movies, that's when a lot of people just kind of like turn around and it's like, oh, man, it was like the greatest movie ever. It's like it does redefine horror. Like this went to some places that I never thought it would go to. I've never seen this shit before. You know what I mean? Um, For example, it comes a night hereditary like those are two movies where i mean everybody knows by now at least if you're a regular listener you know by now i fucking can't stand it comes at night but like people swear up and down that movie was fantastic you know and the same thing goes with hereditary where i'm like i'm on the fence with hereditary i'm like there's some days where i'm like you know like maybe it was all right but then there's other days where i'm just like dude fuck hereditary you know but the general consensus with hereditary was like that was a fucking masterpiece, you know? So outside looking in, seeing how I feel about this movie, I'm just kind of like, maybe this is one of those instances where somebody else can watch this movie and be like, oh, I, I love what they did. I thought it was great. You know, it really had me on edge. I was I was very, I was very nervous watching the movie. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I was, that's why I would recommend watching the movie. The other reason why I would recommend watching it is because it's on Hulu, and like I said, I feel like Hulu is the sister company to Netflix. That's like that's like the secondary streaming service that I feel like a lot of people have. So if you have Hulu, I would say take some time to check out The Lodge and tell me what you thought. I personally am just like, eh, eh, you know. But it's weird because like as I think about it, because like I said, I really, really liked the plot. I like the whole synopsis. I like what they did with it. It it was it was new. It was interesting. It's just the execution, man. It's it's just that classic old mistake that a lot of filmmakers make where it's like they get so caught up in the artistic portion of the movie that they forget that it also has to be entertaining. And the ending is great. I really really like the ending, but the fact that you have to sit through a lot of the drivel of just that slow build of watching this character just go through all this shit and you question like, okay, is this really happening? Is this just her imagination or is it just happening? Is there someone else in the house? You know what I'm saying? Like when you go through all these things to where you are one with the character where you're both kind of questioning what's really going on. It's, Something about it is just it didn't really entice me that much, you know, but um, anywho, that's all I got, man. That's that's all I got for the week. I'm sorry. Had to end on a sour note. Like I said, do not be surprised if the coming weeks, uh, you know, the episodes are few and far between. If any, it's just that there's some things going down around the house that. I got to get prepped and I don't have the time that I usually had to devote to the podcast. On top of that, I'm back to working full time at work, so I'm having to adjust the whole that whole situation. So it's just it's just a clusterfuck at the end of the day. But here's the thing. I'll tell you this. Normally, 
I'm like, you know, at movie Tuesday on the Instagrams and Twitters and shit like that. Hit me up about questions, suggestions. You know, if you if you want to just like kind of vent about your work day without people telling you the same. Oh, you need to be happy that you work because there's people out there that can't work, you know, to the point where it's like basically they're saying you can't complain about your job anymore. You know what I mean? Normally I say at Movie Tuesday, but I'm going to tell you this. At the Chules on Twitter, at Chew Vision on uh, Instagram, still hit me up at Movie Tuesday on Gmail just because I got enough shit coming through on my personal Gmail. But um, just hit me up, man, if you want to just shoot the shit or if you want to vent or whatever like that. While I'm gone, you know, give me some well wishes, hope for, hope for the best on my end. Um, I'm sure things will be fine, but you you never know with this type of shit. At the Chules on Twitter, at True Vision on Instagram. Until then, you all be kind to each other. You all be safe. You all be healthy. You all be intelligent. That was Movie Tuesday. I'm going to see if I can squeeze in a match or two of Overwatch. Just another day. Another day till I hit the movies. I hit the movies, then I talk about them. When I talk about them, that's a Movie Tuesday. Blockbusters, I'ma check them out. Audi flicks, I'ma hit them up. You got opinions, and I got opinions. What they got in common, they don't give a fuck. What I don't understand is... That if it's so offensive to them, then why do they say it over and over again? So Riley said the N-word before you did that morning. He says it every morning. He calls me nigga. He calls the other kids nigga. He calls himself nigga all the time. Nigga this, nigga that. Nigga, please. Bitch nigga. Nigga, have you lost your mind? Nigga, check that hoe. Nigga, you bullshit and break yourself, nigga. He says it so much, I don't even notice it anymore. Last week in lunch, Riley says to a classmate, can a nigga borrow a french fry? And my first thought wasn't, oh my god, he said the word, uh, the n-word. It was now, how is a nigga gonna borrow a fry? Nigga, is you gonna give it back?